Born in 1592 in the Highlands of Scotland, and he is still alive. He is immortal. Constantly facing other immortals in combat to the death, the winner takes his enemy's head. And with it, his power. We know the truth about immortals. In the end, there can be only one. May it be Duncan MacLeod, the Highlander. And welcome into Let's Watch Highlander. This is Let's Watch Highlander, Season 5, Episode 6, Money, No Object. And here to talk with you, as we are every week, I am Travis, a.k.a. TV's Travis. Over there, that's the Audie Norman. Audie, how you doing? Doing all right, man. Uh, a little tired. Uh, went to, to Asheville this past weekend for TMS Asheville. Mm-hmm. So, um, and got to bed way late both nights. So, did not get much sleep. Came home. Tried to get more sleep, but like we were saying before we were recording, um, you know, when you're 40s, in your 40s, you don't recover like you do when you were in your 20s. Nope, not at all. Uh, plus kids. That'll, that'll plus kids. Your, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, but it was a blast. So it looked like a lot of fun. So that that's really cool. I'm glad that that happened and you got to go to that. That looked like a really fun meetup. I'm hoping mm-hmm. maybe I can make that next year if it happens. Sounds like it might happen again. Yeah, I think they're already planning it, planning awesome. for it. So, well, that's good. Um, it's been kind of business as usual around here. Uh, I'm I'm itching for D and D. We haven't been able to play D and D for the last like. So we play every other week, and mm-hmm. uh, our last three gaming sessions have had to get canceled for one reason or another. Uh, uh, either either somebody's got to work or somebody can't make it or somebody gets sick was one. Um, last weekend mm-hmm. it was because one of our players was uh took his kids to the Michigan Renaissance Festival. All right. So I'm like, all right, it's a valid reason. You take your kids, you go sure. to the Ren Fair, that's cool. Uh but yeah, I've just been itching to roll some dice. And uh I'm I'm leading, I'm DMing this campaign. So oh, nice. just, like I, I I have ideas and I want to keep going with them and we haven't been able to play. But we're we're gonna get to. So but outside of that, um kind of normal. I did play mm-hmm. uh, I installed finally and playing some tunic. Uh, oh, nice. That game is fun. It's frustrating, but mm-hmm. it's fun. It's so adorable, mm-hmm. too. So that's been great. Um, yeah, so episode six, Money No Object. I didn't remember anything about this one. Did you? <laughs> no. Um, it's, uh, well, it's interesting. <laughs> it's um, definitely a step up from last week. We'll yeah, say that. I, so... I want to get into that uh, in a little bit, but um, because I, I have like it is and it isn't in some ways. It's kind of yeah. odd. Um, this is an odd couple of episodes. Uh, normally, mm-hmm. we don't get the filler episodes till like partway through the season. It feels like they're throwing them in early because yeah. I remember season five being solid all the way through. And our first couple episodes, first two three episodes, were really solid. Um, yeah. So I have a feeling things are going to get better but um and look we didn't have sandra bernhardt in this one so so automatically it's a step up um Mm -hmm. but before we get too far into the episode or too far into the discussion we have a watcher chronicle to listen to so why don't we listen to that and then we'll talk about this episode heck yeah november 4th 
1926. There's been a rash of bank robberies lately all over the United States. They do a good job of spreading them out, but we get all the papers, no small feet, mind you, and we found them out. Now, the pattern is pretty simple. The man goes in and robs the place or armored truck or whatever it is where the money is, and then they take off. They don't hide too much after, which usually leads to some kind of high-speed chase that ends up with a shootout. Now, the description of the two involved is roughly the same in every town. A man in his 30s with dark hair and a carefree smirk, and a woman with short dark hair who often distracts police or guards with her good looks. Of course she does. One of them gets shot dead, quote-unquote. The other is reported a hostage. Then they disappear from the area. They gotta have a third accomplice. Because when they both get shot dead after a job, they still are able to come back and pull another one. Also, we're still trying to figure out what they're doing with all that money. So we're in the seedy part of town, and a motorcycle pulls up, and it's Richie and Amanda. And they're mm-hmm. heading into this, like, it looks like a, one of those check cashing kind of places. Sort of deals in only cash. Um, I'll use big air quotes, bank. Uh, where <laughs> right. Richie's like, why are, why are we here and not a regular bank? And Amanda tells him, well, banks tend to ask questions about where my money transfers from Europe are coming from. Here, they don't. Uh, so <laughs> she goes in. And as she's walking inside, we cut in, we cut inside and the place is being held up. A guy in a, looks like a fedora with a bandana over his face, has a gun to the register and he's taking all the money. And he feels Amanda's presence as she comes inside. He's an immortal. Yep. She stops mm-hmm. in her tracks like, oh, what have I walked in on? But recognizes him. Mm-hmm. He probably because the particular gun he's using is like a (laughs) tommy gun yeah i was like okay dude yeah so she recognizes him he recognizes her uh they kind of have a moment of laughter and then we cut outside and they come running out he's got a hold of her like she's a hostage he's got a thompson submachine gun kind of kind of he's got his (laughs) thompson submachine gun with a barrel drum uh magazine straight out of Mm -hmm. the 1920s and he's firing it in the air and telling people to wait. And he, he runs over and j- they jump into the back of a um, van and then take off. And Richie kind of sees all this happen. So this guy's name is Corey. And uh, Corey is basically Clyde to Amanda's Bonnie. Yep. And they're driving along in the van, reminiscing a little bit. She's kind of She's got a little bit of a, the thrill of the escape going on, all of this. Um, Corey's like, Hey, is that the only thing you miss? Um, and they're, they're kind of catching up a little bit when, uh, they feel an immortal and look back and there's Richie on the motorcycle chasing him. Mm -hmm. So Corey starts messing with him, like kind of starting to run him off the road, but not really. And he's laughing the whole time. And Amanda's like, what are you doing? And then he does end up running Richie off the road, uh, into a conveniently placed pile of rubble in a ramp like configuration. Um, which is just enough for Richie to hit that, uh, lose the bike, and go flying into a creek. Right. And they speed away. So they get to uh, this junkyard, and uh, Corey's wiping down the van, and they're switching vehicles. And then he pulls the cover off his 1924 Packard, which Amanda remembers 
and she's fawning over it and she's she's like giddy like a uh, almost giddy like a schoolgirl um kind of excited reminiscing about all this stuff and he unveils the Packard they hop in that and drive away and there's Richie back on the road soaking wet now from the creek <laughs> when he sees this old car coming up and so he starts to wave them down and uh, yeah. they don't stop and just run him back off the road into the creek and drive away so now Richie is extra pissed and oh that's and, stunt um, yeah yeah. <laughs> so, like, we, you did not need to jump all the way back into the creek, Richie. No, no, not at all. Uh, that's not the most ridiculous thing that's going to happen in this episode, though. So, strap nope. in, kids. Um, back at the uh, check cashing bank, we'll call it. Uh, the police are in there. They're looking over stuff, and the detective's like, "All right, all right, we've bothered uh, this guy long enough. Everybody, head out. I'll catch up with you. Save me a donut." And uh, then we find out that the, he's a dirty cop. He's on this yep. uh, Mr. Uh, what is it? Gr- Grinchoff, I think. Grinkoff. 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 Grinkoff, yeah. Mr. Grinkoff uh, is basically paying him uh, for protection, more or less. Uh, but he's a dirty cop. And Grinkoff is upset because Corey stole $1.4 million from him in one bag that wasn't full somehow. Yeah. Uh, but that's okay. The, the show doesn't really know how money works anyway. Um, yeah. But Grinkoff wants his money back no matter what. So we're back at the loft. Richie's looking at photos of old cars, trying to identify whatever just about ran him off the road. Uh, Duncan is obviously concerned for Amanda. As far as Richie mm-hmm. knows, Amanda was taken hostage. Right. So they, uh, Richie recognizes the car, and they take off to go do whatever. Uh, find out information. We cut over to Corey and Amanda. They're at his cabin, this like log cabin, kind of out who knows where. Um, mm-hmm. And Corey's putting moves on Amanda. He's bringing her wine. He's you know all, and she you know she's like no 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 I don't think so. Um, uh, describes herself as the serial monogamist. Um, you know she's a one person guy, and of course she's not letting on who that is. Right. Uh, you know. Um, and I said one person guy. She's a one person woman. Um, mm-hmm. And Corey's like, oh, it was the guy on the bike, wasn't it? And she goes, well, you know, I should probably call him. Um, of course, there's nobody at the loft. Duncan and Richie are at a mechanics slash junkyard. They walk in to talk to the mechanic to find out some information. Probably somebody Richie either remembers or I somehow, some ra- reason, they're there specifically. Right. Um, they ask him about the 1924 Packard. The guy's like, I don't know anything about that. And then Duncan goes into this ridiculous, over-the-top French film director persona. Yeah. Um, which apparently was a impression of uh, director Denny Barry, um, who had done a bunch <laughs> of episodes of the show, according according to the uh, like interviews with the producers that were on the DVDs. That was that <laughs> was Duncan hilarious. doing that. Um, but he just, it's this over the top flamboyant French director, but, but it works and it gets the guy to remember, yeah, somebody was in here asking about parts for a Packard. Let me go check the, the logs, my log books. And, Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's it. They went to one place. They got the information they needed. (laughs) They trace the car. They show up at Corey's, uh, place and they run in and Duncan recognizes him. Mm Mm-hmm. 
there's a little little bit of Richie and uh, Corey kind of posturing and, and puffing their chests out at each other a little bit. Uh, yeah. And then we get our flashback. Uh, so after our flashback, we got Richie, Duncan, and Amanda, and they, they all leave. Um, by way of, like, basically Duncan says, Richie, let's go. And as they're, they're leaving, he's like, Amanda. And so she leaves uh, with him. But Corey wants her to think about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. When Duncan asks her, what was that about? Oh, he just wants me to help him on a job with the uh, uh, the Federal Reserve. <laughs> and they leave. And as they're driving away, we see the corrupt cop step out of, like, the bushes behind where they were. Because somehow yeah. or another, he just knew where to be. And nobody saw him standing right there next to the car yep. in the trees. So... Sure, why not? I mean, for, for reasons of plot, he needed to be there. Uh, he, of mm-hmm. course, calls Grinkoff and says, we're going to need some more men. Um, <clears throat> back at the loft, Amanda and Duncan start arguing over this job. Um, Duncan doesn't want her to do it. He doesn't want her dealing with Corey. Um, she is she's jumping to conclusions a little bit on what he says. Like when he, Mm -hmm. because he is, it's not what Duncan is saying. It's the things he's not saying that is upsetting her. Um, And it even ends with the, uh, the, the argument continues on where she's like, you know what? Fine. If I'm not, if I'm not wanted here, I'll, I'll leave. Like if you're, if you're trying to get rid of me, I'll, I'll go. Mm -hmm. And Duncan follows her downstairs and keeps talking to her. And it ends with the, well, what do you want from me? And she's like, after 350 years, you still don't know and walks away. Right. <laughs> so she goes to Corey. And uh, while she's there, they talk. They start to do their plan. Later on that night, Corey's out doing something, and she is sitting there reading when she feels an immortal. And she's like, oh, Duncan, you came. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. That's not Duncan. It's Richie. Nope. Yep. Uh, so Richie shows up, and he's trying to talk. The smartest some... one of the three of them. No doubt. Um, which... Given how this show started, we never would have thought that about Richie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Richie's there to, to talk some sense into her about, uh, about Mac and kind of his pig-headedness. And like, look, he, he does care about you. He does want you around. But you know how he is. And I love the line where she's like, well, all he has to do was say it. And Richie's like, look, we all know nobody tells you what to do. Right. And she's like, well, that's not the point. But it was a great line because that's such a great insight from Richie. Like, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. no, not, none of us are ever going to tell Amanda what to do and have her listen. Like, right. that's just not going to happen. Um, so while that's going on, uh, she starts going over the plan for robbing the armored car with Richie and trying to convince him to join, right? Because she's just excited about the, the action and, uh, and all of this. And Richie's like, ah, no. Nah. No, I've done that. I did my time yep. doing that. I'm done with it. Um, and then they hear knock on the door, and it's the police. So Richie bails out of there, but they grab Amanda. Yep. And we cut to Duncan has met up with Corey, who's in an alleyway. Um, <laughs> and remember how I said uh, earlier on that wasn't the most ridiculous thing we've seen? Well, right. here we go. So Corey has rigged a car to explode. That is their plan to rob this armored car was to have a car blow up, delaying the car so they could throw a smoke grenade inside the armored truck 
and get the money. Mm-hmm. So Corey has rigged a car for that. Duncan shows up. Duncan's like, the police have Amanda, which Corey has no idea about. Um, right. And he's like, well, there's a problem. I've rigged that car over there to explode in about two minutes. And as he's saying that, a marching band comes down the street <laughs> in full uniform, playing a song, not part of a parade, just marching through the street. Mm-hmm. Duncan says you need to disable the bomb on the car. Corey says that wasn't part of the plan, can't really do that. So Duncan takes the keys and drives the car away from the, yep. from the marching band uh, to an empty lot where as he tries to get out of the car, the door handle breaks off on the inside of it, and he is stuck inside when the car explodes. Mm-hmm. Sending him flying through the air before he lands <laughs> yeah. in front of his T-Bird, driven by Corey, who then looks at the camera and says, that's gotta hurt. <laughs> like something out of a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so. Yeah, that was something. Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, it was painful is what that was. Uh, so the police don't have Amanda. It's the corrupt cops. It's Grinkov. Mm -hmm. Corey admits to Duncan and Richie. Oh yeah. I stole the money from Sam Grinkov. They both know who he is. Right. We as an audience have not heard this name, but apparently he must be a crime boss. Yeah. Um, so they have Amanda holding her hostage. Duncan arranges for a meet to trade the money for Amanda. To which Corey replies, that's going to be tough to do because Corey gave the money to an orphanage. He doesn't have it. So before Duncan and Richie can throw him out the window while he's tied to a chair, which I would have liked to have seen personally. Um, right. Uh, Duncan comes up with an idea. They're going to uh, bluff their way out of things by wiring some uh, some dynamite to a vest and having Corey take a briefcase full of not real money in, mm -hmm. offer that, and then bluff their way through things by saying, I'll blow myself up, I'll do it, and make the, the corrupt cop and Grinkoff run away, and uh, then everybody everybody wins. That's their plan. Yeah. <clears throat> So it works. Amanda gets out of there, and then he scares off the cop, and he eventually scares off Grinkoff, and everything's fine. And he comes walking out victorious with the case in his hand that has just paper inside of it. And as he's walking away, Duncan pulls out the remote detonator for the for the dynamite that he rigged mm -hmm. and and blows the hell out of Corey while he's walking back towards the car. For right, he gets exploded. And hey, you know, Duncan got his payback. Right. And, uh, and yeah, that, uh, but you know, reading it back like this sounds like a lot happened in this episode. It really didn't, but <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was something. So it was, uh, but we have, we have special guests. We need to talk about that. Them. We do. Sure. Amanda. What? What's wrong with a regular bank? Unfortunately, dear boy, regular banks are full of sad little men who'd insist on knowing all the dreary little details of my overseas money transfer. So? So? Behold the temple of no questions asked. 
All right, so special guests. Um, we really have one kind of special guest. Right. And that's Nicholas Lay as Corey Rains. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicholas Lay, if he looks familiar, uh, he's been in an episode of Highlander before. He was in the episode of Highlander called The Fighter. He was the younger brother of the waitress that Mickey was um, all about in the movie. Or in the, oh, in the okay. episode. So, um, yeah, that's where if you've been watching Highlander, you've seen him before. He also um, probably best known, or at least to me anyway, as uh, FBI too. agent Richard Krychek in uh, The X-Files. Mm-hmm. Who came on partway through, I can't remember if it was season one or two, when Scully was out of a few episodes and then he had like a recurring role uh, throughout the run of X-Files. Um, yep. Honestly, I like him, and I think that this character would have been really rough to watch with anyone else playing him. There's a charm he has to the way he plays Corey. Because the character yeah. the character of Corey Reigns is pretty shallow. There's not much there. Right. Um, he's just sort of like, he's an immortal, but all he does is rob. He's sort of, he, he's self-styled as a Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Um, and because he gives away a lot of his money, um, he doesn't really take immortality seriously, which right. is interesting to think of how has he survived this long? Like, has he basically yeah. just never run into other immortals that want to take his head? It's, it's hard to say because we don't know if he's a good fighter or not, although he probably would just, you know, mow him down with his Tommy gun and and run away. Yeah. Um, so the character's fairly shallow, fairly two-dimensional, but uh, Nicholas Lay plays him with a, a certain charm that I think works. Yeah, um, for sure. I think the whole Robin Hood aspect is what really caught me by surprise. Like, I didn't expect him to be somebody who actually gave money away. No, like, he, he doesn't give off that um, that feeling at all. Which makes him have potential to be a very interesting character, mm-hmm. but they never go there. It's no. just fun time. Oh, and the money's gone. Cause I gave it away. No. And that, so I, I, I don't want to go into it too much right now, but like he's kind of the opposite of, um, Sandra Bernhardt's character from the previous episode, which is mm-hmm. she, now her character had some interesting things that could have gone on, but I couldn't stand her acting to uh, right. to ever get into that role. His character has a lot of interesting things that could go on, and and I like him, so I want to know more. Right. Um. But yeah, like he's he's good. He just isn't given a whole lot to work with in mm-hmm. the context of the episode. The stuff in the right. flashback isn't too bad, which we're going to get to here shortly. Um, sure. But like, you know, I just. It feels a little bit like wasting a good character for a one-off because yeah. I don't believe Corey Rains ever comes back. I think this was his only appearance um, yeah. as a character. And, yeah, this was his last credit for Highlander. Okay, yeah. And it's unfortunate because I do think he's a he's a good actor. He's got a good presence. And I think his chemistry with Amanda and uh, and Elizabeth Grayson was good too. And mm-hmm. the like his, his honestly, his chemistry with all three... Um, the the Corey Duncan relationship was kind of the silliest of them, and it it worked yeah. the least for me. 
Well, mainly because of what happens. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. they have. There's a lot of potential there to be an interesting character who's kind of a male version of Amanda, but much more not taking anything too seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah, like again, they don't explore that at all. So they don't. They don't. And but I liked his interactions with Amanda, and that mm-hmm. dynamic worked well. And the butting heads with Richie um, could have worked really well and given us some interesting stuff, especially if he recurred at all. But mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, just overall, like the episode itself is kind of silly and dumb. And so is the character of Corey Rains. Um, yeah. But Nicholas Lay gives it a little little extra juice uh, yep. to make it enjoyable. So. so with someone like him, it makes the episode at least a little bit more fun. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, it's it's watchable with him in that role because he has that charisma. Um, mm-hmm. Not much else to say. The the actor that played Grinkoff is doing a really cheesy Russian accent, and uh, there's not much there. The cop is even less developed. Um, yeah. Although I did like the part where he's like, "It's not my money," and he just runs away. <laughs> okay. That was that, that was, was good. That was the smartest thing anyone said in this entire episode. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, that felt like a kind of attacked-on subplot. Like, oh, we're going to make it a crime boss and a corrupt cop. And, like, they just sort of were. There's no mm-hmm. reason given for it. It's, never, it's not a cop we're ever going to see again. Like, yeah, it's a total just sort of red herring kind of... I didn't, I didn't love that because it just feels meh. Like, you could have... It didn't have to... You didn't have to have that in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, right. With the character of Corey, there's so many other interesting things you could do you don't need that particular angle. Uh, on yeah. top of the fact that the cop just sort of like knows where Corey is somehow. Yeah. Somebody who two scenes earlier, the cop was like, this guy just came out of nowhere. Nobody knows who he is. And then suddenly he's just standing outside of his house like, I found him. How? Like, yeah. We, we suspend disbelief a lot when we're watching this show. And we allow a lot of hand waving to, to go on that, mm-hmm. we're like, that we're fine with. That may have been a bridge too far for me in this episode, though. Like, yeah, come on. Best way you do that is you have the cop say he came out of nowhere. It's like, well, go find him. What am I paying you for? Have the cop leave and then have crime bosses, you know, special dude come up. Like, don't worry. I'll find this guy. Something. Yeah. No, some have of that, that is... happened. And, th- and then you don't involve the cops at all and or maybe yeah. use them later. But. Yeah, and and some of it I get like they don't have the time and the budget to really flesh out a lot of this, especially runtime. Yeah. Uh, although there were ways to find more mm. runtime in this episode. I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say. Speaking of runtime, we have a flashback <laughs> in this episode. I think we should talk about. Yeah, yeah, we did. Me no, not just any car. It must be a 1924 Packard. All right, so our flashback in Missouri. 1926. Um, Amanda and Duncan are driving down the road, uh, bickering about the fact that they broke their contract with Barnum and Bailey and have left the circus. Um, which, honestly, more interesting story I want to hear than, uh, than what for we real. going on here. Especially um, a point, apparently this is the time where Duncan's really into being part of the circus. I want to know that story for sure. Absolutely. Like Duncan's all like, we had a, a year contract and everybody loved us. And Amanda's like, I ain't working for 10 bucks a week, uh, <laughs> you know, doing this to Rubes. Like she wants out. 
So they're driving along. They're bickering. Uh, she almost runs over a bunch of cows in her brand new car. When, as they're stopped there, a armored car and another vehicle come on the opposite direction. Uh, by the way, I, I use armored car very loosely. I was right? going to say. It was just They a truck. said armored car, and I was like, wait, how is that armored? Because I don't see anything that shows armor. It, not only was it uh, not armored, but the windows were down. So mm-hmm. <laughs> if there were windows to begin with. Uh, but it is Corey Rains, and he is robbing it. Um, they, they witness from the other side of the cows him run up, throw a smoke <laughs> grenade in, and then take all the money. Amanda is kind of flirting with him while she's watching all this go on. Duncan mm-hmm. is mostly narrating what's happening with like a, oh, what is he doing? Why are we getting involved in this? Quit flirting with him, blah, blah, blah. So that all happens. He speeds off. They continue down the road when they see his car, and Amanda wants to meet him. So Of course she does. Duncan, because she's, she's smitten. She is smitten with the good-looking thief, because of course Amanda mm-hmm. would be. So they stop when they see his car, and they find him giving money to a family so that they can move out to California because they lost everything. Yep. So he is stealing the money, and then he's giving it away. And even at one point, giving away his car because their car wouldn't start. Mm-hmm. Duncan, of course, doesn't trust the guy at all from the get-go. Right. Um, and Corey's trying to endear himself to Duncan. Doesn't have to try very hard with Amanda. She's already all over him. So now the, now Corey needs a ride. Uh, they take off down the road when the cops show up, and they pin mm-hmm. him in. And so Corey has the brilliant plan of, you two were my hostages. You know nothing about the heist. Just come, uh, come get me in a little while. Un- you know, dig me up. <laughs> yeah. And he's going to go out in a blaze of glory. So he gets out, and we cut to Duncan digging up the the grave, which is about, I don't know what, a foot and a half deep. <laughs> it wasn't. Mm-hmm. They definitely put him in a shallow grave. But uh, yeah, they, they get Corey out. Corey's like, oh, thanks. I didn't think you were ever going to show up. Um, and then he wants to take their act on the road. He wants the three of them to do this exact same thing all over the country. It's a great idea. Let's do it. And, yeah, Amanda thinks so. She's all about it. Mm-hmm. Duncan? Somewhat less so. Yeah. Um, and this is where we get the seeds of um, the argument between Duncan and Amanda that happens after this when they're back at mm-hmm. the loft. Amanda wants to go. Duncan's like, I don't like this idea. And she says, and and he says, if you want to go, go. And she immediately looks hurt. Like, you don't want to go with me. And Duncan doesn't. And she says, well, if you want me to stay, tell me. And he goes, that's up to you, which is not Mm -hmm. the response she wanted to hear. Right. uh, At all. And so she's like, fine. And she leaves. And then we get a montage of yeah, we do. Of Corey and Amanda, uh, they're in their Bonnie and Clyde, driving around, robbing banks and getting killed, and Duncan digging them up, and because apparently he just followed them, I guess, even though they took off in the yeah. car. That confused me. the The montage so was confused. So here's my exact notes for this. Okay, as it's starting up, I was like, okay, love the old school montage. Sure, because they did. They they would do like the newspaper headline spinning into mm-hmm. the camera, and they took the footage, 
and some of it was like sped up to look like 1920s film because the film right the film mm-hmm. stock they would use in the 20s when it's played back at 24 frames a second or or 30 frames a second ends up playing back faster right so like they made it look like that but go on mm-hmm. more more of your notes my next please. note right at, after that was except it's going on a bit long <laughs> so i timed things out so our first part of the flashback from when it starts until Corey and Amanda drive off in the car leaving Duncan mm-hmm. is about 10 minutes. Okay. Which is pretty long for our, for our flashbacks, especially an initial flashback right. in an episode, which it was 15 minutes into the episode before the flashback happened. Mm-hmm. The flashback goes for 10 minutes. Then we get the montage. The montage goes for almost a full five minutes after that. Buh. It's like three and a half minutes or so, and then there's like a, a minute, minute and a half wrap up afterwards um, that ends this uh, this whole thing. But that montage just kept going. It's like you it know, kept going, and it was recycled footage of it keeping going. Yes, like I don't know how many times I saw the one guy, cop or whatever he was, chasing them, mm-hmm. hang out his door to point his gun at him. Oh, yeah. How many times Corey was hanging out the side to point his Tommy at him. It's just like, guys, come on. That's yeah. enough. We get and, it. And the reused footage of Duncan digging uh, digging them up, just they would take it and reverse it or whatever. It was, it was bad in that sense. Like, they could have cut that down quite a bit and still gotten the point across. Um, mm-hmm. And I just... Ugh. Yeah, what they should. Okay, here's one way they could have really done it well: is have it be them back and forth digging each other out, and have the last part of it being Duncan seeing the newspaper of them both buried, and that's when he goes and helps. Just that one last time. Yeah, I do not see Duncan doing this over and over again at all. I don't either. Even though it's kind of implied that that's what was happening, especially with the end of right. it, where he's like, "This is it. This is the last time I'm doing it." Like, it didn't. It didn't make any sense. And it kind of mm-hmm. bums me out because the start of the um, flashback worked. It was way too long for the amount of story that we got out of it, for one. Yeah. Like, we've mm-hmm. talked a lot about how they use the flashbacks well to tell the story. And sometimes yeah. the flashbacks are longer because there's more story and more character to give us. Mm-hmm. This one was long and it didn't give us uh, a ton. Like, we got a little bit of who Corey was but nothing new that we didn't already know about him that we hadn't already right. been told nothing. We didn't know about Amanda with the exception. Well, no, This is the first time where we see him in the flashback is where we first see his Robin hood aspect. And that was cool. And that was like, Oh, okay. Maybe I need to think about him a little bit better, but then the episode never gives us a reason to really think any deeper of him, even yeah. though it gives us this interesting thing. Yeah, and I think that's to the episode's detriment. Like it needed, mm-hmm. they there was there there were interesting things that they just never went after, uh, in the service of right. like the the montage and kind of the silly nature of things. Which I don't mind when the mm-hmm. show gets silly, but I yeah. want story to go along with it, and we miss that. We miss mm-hmm. that character stuff. Um, I will say that the flashback looked good. They did a sepia tone uh, filter on it, which I liked. Um, they they mm-hmm. really they really put that that filter on there and really just like drabbed out all the color except for reds. Reds they gave a little extra pop to. 
um, mm-hmm. which was kind of cool. So like the red band on Duncan's hat or right. a red accent on the car or something seemed to pop a little bit better. And all the cars looked great. They must have mm-hmm. somehow found a collector or somebody that that had a bunch of cars that they could rent. Um, so they had and drive all... only so fast because you could tell that they were not. Oh yeah, not no. barreling down the road with, <laughs> especially no. when they were going after Richie. I was like, okay, Richie, you got plenty of time to just step aside. <laughs> you, just... you got plenty of time to just step aside. Just just step aside. <laughs> just just casually to the left, and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um. But I did. I, I appreciated that um, that look. Everything's kind of shot out in the middle of nowhere. But they said it in Missouri in mm-hmm. the twenties, so it sort of works, right? Like you can kind right. of fudge that a little. Um, mm-hmm. So I like the look of it. It's just it's either give us more substance to have uh, a flashback of this length, or cut it down. Um, mm-hmm. Well, especially the montage part that just was way too long and confusing. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Uh, so yeah, that, I mean that's our flashback. It's we've seen. I've seen worse uses of the flashback, mm-hmm. but let's let's just. Uh, this one felt like it just got away from him a little bit. Yeah. What do you want from me? You know what, McLeod? It is amazing. We have known each other three hundred and fifty years, and you still don't know. Uh, Joe is out this um, week. Um, yep. But Richie's back. Yeah. And. What I liked was, once again, no, there's no like Richie's back. We gotta, we gotta point that out. He's just there. Richie's mm-hmm. just doing his thing. It's like he came back at some point while Amanda was there, and the two of them were just hanging out. And she asked him to take her, you know, to whatever this part mm-hmm. of town was. Like I like that because it just. I feels, really like that. Yeah, because it was like they just fell kind of into this friendship again, and it's like okay, this is the point where Richie knows who Amanda is. Yep, and. You know, they're just cool with each other as they are, you know, when once she finally tells them what they're doing. Right. Um, I liked Richie in this episode a lot. Um, mm-hmm. For one, you mentioned earlier, he was the smartest one of all of them. Like he was the yeah, most pretty much. level-headed. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't being dumb or stubborn like Duncan. He wasn't being, mm-hmm. um, he didn't have to fawn over the, the cool immortal that doesn't care, right? Which, right. In earlier season episode, that would have been Richie's part. He would have been mm-hmm. uh, similar to there was that episode where he he started to really like that. Uh, who was the artist that would like take all the risks? Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. and was getting Richie to like jump his bike and do all this crazy stuff. Like that was Richie then. Richie now doesn't care as much about that. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was kind of nice to have him be the level headed one. Um, it could also, have... probably oh, the smartest thing he did was when he went to go and try and get Amanda to walk away from Corey. And she's like, you know, you could get on this, this too. And Richie is just like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. And I see it. They didn't show it, but I feel this because of who Richie is. He wants to know what they're planning so he can know what they're planning. Yep. Not so that he can be involved, but so... He can actually figure out what's going on. And Amanda happily obliges, tells him the whole plan. He's like, yeah, that's a good, that's a plan. I'm not into it. <laughs> and it's really interesting that he was like, been there, done that. No, thank you. Yep. Yeah. It's not like he's trying to talk her out of it. It's just like, no, not for me. But now he knows what's going on. Yeah. For exactly. what could and will eventually go wrong. Yep. And, and it shows the maturity and the smarts that Richie has. 
Um, mm-hmm. I liked him going to talk to Amanda of his own accord because Duncan is an idiot. Right. That was nice. And him, him knowing, like, because he knows Duncan and he knows Amanda and he understands mm-hmm. what's happening. That scene where they're arguing and Richie's just sitting there eating the orange the whole time. <laughs> right. Like, he's just, he's just feet propped up on the kitchen counter. Like, my name's Paul mm-hmm. and this is between y'all. And he's just mm-hmm. eating his orange. And then at the end of it, he gives Duncan the business, like, Good work. Great. No, I'm, I'm yeah. taking notes, really. No, really. Um, <laughs> that was great. It was so good. And that that genuinely made me laugh. Um, mm-hmm. But then he cares enough about both of them to go talk to Amanda. Yep. That's what is just great about him. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, they could have gone, it could have gotten, like, too much of his um, dislike of Corey. But mm-hmm. it, one, made sense. And two, it never never cross that line right so it was good it was really good to have richie back and it was like the perfect Mm -hmm. amount of him in this episode um given the way the story was being structured like Mm -hmm. you want to restructure some things that's different but um i i just i i dug him i was really happy with that yeah absolutely Um, and then we have amanda and Mm -hmm. kind of like the previous episode there's an interesting romantic subplot with her and Duncan mm-hmm. that sadly feels tacked on and deserves more. This one feels like the opposite of what we got last week. Last week, we got this really heartfelt discussion between the two of them and like, let's define this relationship or try to define it or mm-hmm. maybe we don't want to define it until we get to this episode. In this episode, it's like they're not saying crap to either person at all. Like, I feel like their discussions, they kept coming to the edge of what they should have said. Yep. But for plot reasons for the episode, they just don't go there. And it's like, what? what, uh, Yeah. At this point, why would they not say it? Like, why would Duncan not say, this is a wrong thing? I don't think you should do this. Or And Amanda say, like, it's not wrong to me. That's who I am. I'm okay with this. It's fun. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's the trope of not finishing the thought, right? It's, mm-hmm. it, it's where it's that annoying thing where each one of them assumes the other understands what they're trying to say, and so they don't say it. And each one of them is thinking in the opposite direction that they think they are. So it's just dumb. It's dumb miscommunication, mm-hmm. contrived uh conflict that didn't need to be there especially with the way last episode ended right that i'm it could have been there but they didn't actually go there like they got the conflict without actually doing the things to make that a true conflict yes and that's where i feel like it deserved more it deserved more time to to develop and and become believable as opposed Mm -hmm. to just sort of like oh yeah by the way here and mm-hmm. and that was last week it worked because what they came to sort of felt like the start of something mm-hmm. and so you can sort of just throw that in there and then that can be the start this feels like it was the middle of a thing and we didn't get the yeah. start and so now we're right. like wait hold on what what's going on here and so that's where it, it that's where it gives that tacked on feeling of like 
They right. just sort of threw it in there to have something. And it's an, it's annoying because these are two characters that work so well together and we want that mm-hmm. story. Even if it's a will, they won't they. Um, mm-hmm. Give us that. But they just they didn't explore that. It's just sort of like, oh yeah, by the way, there's some conflict as a reason to get her to leave at the end of the episode. Well, give us more right. and let that be more of a focus of the episode then. Mm-hmm. Like the end of the episode where she's leaving, it's like, okay, it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. But if you had given us more, it would have felt more intense of why she's leaving because they're just not on the same page. No matter how much they try to be, they just never on the exact same page. Yep. Yeah. And she needs, it's the, it's the continuation of what they were talking about last week when Duncan's like, we love each other in our own way. Can you really see us together every day for years or centuries or decades, whatever? And no, you can't because at some mm-hmm. point Amanda is going to need to go get some of those thrills and things that, that Amanda needs that Duncan just can't follow her on. Right. And it's like they wanted to give us that, but they didn't, they didn't, they didn't mm-hmm. spell that out. That's what this episode should have been about with the backdrop of Corey as the mm-hmm. catalyst for that. And it's sort right. of like that was toyed with, but never really done. And they spent too much time yeah. on, they spent too much time on the catalyst itself without just letting that start things and then let the drama and the emotion build out of it while things are going on. Right. So, cause, we, cause this is us sitting here and <laughs> talking about this because we know how good this show can be, mm-hmm. how good they could write these characters. And in this episode, it just wasn't there. It was, they had the outline, they had the skeleton mm-hmm. of the, the story they didn't flesh that out before finishing the episode. They were just like, this is good enough. We'll go with this. Right. Again, some of that's time, right? They don't have a lot of time to develop things, but they're, they're better mm-hmm. than this, and we know that. Yeah. And we've seen them be better than that. So that's what gets annoying. Mm-hmm. And that's what. And we know Amanda's coming back, and I love the line where she's like, see you in Paris? Like, yeah. Because we're going to end up in Paris, and that's probably when she's coming back. Um, yep. But it's just one of those things where it's like, uh, you can you can do better. And we love Amanda so much. And mm-hmm. Elizabeth Grayson is so good that like even if you're going to have to write her out for whatever reasons, uh, that's fine. Just do it better than mm-hmm. what you did here. Yeah, pretty much. That's the thing. It's like we know there is a conflict between her and Duncan. And mm-hmm. we know it's going to come to a head one way or another. Sooner or later, she's going to have to leave. And we wish you had done it better. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Don't. Those are the good old days, huh? <laughs> yeah? Are you nuts? How many times did you get shot? Oh, I don't know. Um, more than Bonnie, less than Clyde. <laughs> What's the difference? There are no sword fights to speak of in this episode. So No. No we choreography. We barely see swords at all. Yeah. Uh, I think we see Richie's sword, and that's it. Richie and Duncan have their swords when they go to Corey's house to begin with, and that's it. So... That's fine. Uh, there was some there was yeah. some good looking stunt work in other parts, and then there was like the mm-hmm. really overdone stunt of Richie jumping back into the creek. Um, yeah, or Duncan flying out of a car that just got exploded. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, they went like they just went full Bugs Bunny for that segment. It was mm-hmm. ridiculous. And then, and then the end with uh, Corey too. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's and like. Um, y- y- they're they're suspending disbelief, and then there's like, "Hey guys, 
The dynamite would have torn everybody to shreds. The car bomb would have torn Duncan to shreds. Yeah, it's that, like, the reason, like, it's a straight-up cartoon is all the dynamite does is make them dirty. That's Mm -hmm. it. Um, Right. And again, like, I don't mind when the show gets silly, but Mm -hmm. some believable silliness, some, like, we've seen silly episodes before or stuff involving, like, say, Maurice or some of the other ancillary characters, and it's silly and it's fun, this was like a just a step or two beyond what they really yeah. should have been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, even in the slapstick I, end of things, like you can get slapsticky without it being like literally Duncan exploding inside of a car and being thrown. Like that whole sequence when it starts off okay, right? Like that sequence started off okay with with mm-hmm. Duncan being like, "Hey, Amanda's been arrested. We got to get out of here." and Corey being, you know, Corey looking at him and saying, um, so there's a problem. See, the armored car comes mm-hmm. through here and I've wired that sob to explode. That's fine. But then for Duncan to look over and get that shocked look on his face and we see a literal damned marching band <laughs> yeah. come around the corner. And I was just like, what are we doing? Like, what mm-hmm. happened here? A, a yeah. marching band for reasons is just going down the street like right uh, marching band is coming out of nowhere for reasons which means if that marching band's coming through that means the street should have been cordoned off right and nothing was going to drive down there so there's no reason for Corey to expect an armored car right there yeah but instead no it's just a marching band just out marching for whatever purpose that is and yeah it just got so silly so in some ways, this episode feels like the opposite of last week's episode. Like last week, we had some cool, interesting, what we thought were kind of, they could have really expanded on and had some interesting ideas with the whole like author writing about immortals and, mm-hmm. and this and that and the other thing. But it was hampered by mostly Sandra Bernhardt. Um, right. And just for our, us. for us, our inability to kind of get past that. Um, Mm -hmm. this feels like the opposite where it's like, yes, there's some cool ideas in there, but there's a lot of poor execution of everything going on. Right. But our character, our actors are at least watchable. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it is a step up from last week, but it's also a step down from last week. So it ends up kind of eating itself out. Like it's still not a good episode. It's not a bad, I would much rather watch this one than last week's. Yeah, for Um, sure. As silly and dumb as this one got, because last week had some silly, dumb moments too, mostly told mm-hmm. through flashback. But like, that was fine. That, I didn't the, have a... the sword fight at the end. Yes. So like, they're, they're but that too... was a little bit more fun, silly. Yeah, they're two silly, dumb episodes, um, which is fine. I don't mind that. But one was executed better than the other. The problem is mm-hmm. the one that was executed better had the actor we can't stand. Right. So I like, would say though. I loved it when Duncan turned around in the car and just mouthed, I hate you. To oh, Corey. that was funny. Oh, yeah. I love that. And then he comes flying up and landing on the car. I was like, okay, well, you just kind of <laughs> made me think less of that explosion now because mm-hmm. somehow Duncan flew up in the air and then landed down on right in front of the car yeah. somehow. No. <laughs> and then the Corey explosion is him behind a building. I was like, <laughs> oh, that was great. You could see it coming from a mile away. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then they, they rigged the building to blow up. Uh, mm-hmm. It was 
it's so dumb. So, I, I almost wish they had just ended it with Corey passing out and that was it. Yeah. And not even play with the Duncan Amanda thing at the end. Like, that was okay, but I was just like, yeah, you could have just ended it before and I'd be okay. And honestly, with the silliness of the end of this episode, it would have made tonally more sense. Because then, yeah, after all that, would come because you can tell there was a commercial break there. So mm-hmm. when this runs on TV and when it did, they had this silly moment and then they go to commercial and we come back to this somber moment of right. Amanda packing up and leaving and mm-hmm. Duncan basically being like, okay, I understand. I don't want you to go. But by that point, it's too late and mm-hmm. she's leaving anyway. So it's this. Look, if you want to, in a rewatch, skip this episode, I'm not going to tell you not to. It's watchable, but it's still mm-hmm. not great. Um, yeah. I know season five is going to pick up from here because <laughs> I know what's coming. So right. odds are we've hit our low point in the season. We just hit it earlier yeah. than we have in most seasons. Which hopefully is not too bad because that means the rest of the season. Whew. Yeah, yeah. Um, so next week is episode seven, Haunted. And uh, mm. I do believe we're going to have a Richie and a Joe in that episode. Nice. Um, obviously, we know Amanda's gone now for a little while. We don't know when she's coming back. She'll be back. Um, we haven't seen much of Mythos yeah. this season yet either. Have we seen? I don't think That's we've seen true. him at all. No, Maybe we haven't him. seen him yet. No. So he'll be showing up at some point, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah it was I, funny. I was talking to somebody about that this weekend, and they were like talking about. It. I was like. No, that happens later. Like, we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> With some uh, mythos stuff, which there's some mythos stuff to come. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's next week's episode, uh, 7, Haunted. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. Let's let's hope that we are on the uptick again. The, the, we yep. want the roller coaster going back up the track. Yep, um, So if you like this show and you want to watch us record it live, um, you can. Come hang out while we record. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, you can be like Ace in the chat, who is um, always here. Uh, Tuesday yeah. nights, 9 p.m. Eastern time, twitch.tv slash Travis. show comes out in its podcast form uh, on Thursdays at anchor.fm slash Let's Watch Highlander or wherever you find your podcasts. If you know of a Highlander fan, spread word of mouth, get them to listen, see what they think about it. And then yeah. give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. I'm on Twitter at TV's Travis. Uh, Audie, you are on there as the Audie Norman. Yep. Um, find me there and uh t- chat with us about uh, immortals do you have uh do you have thoughts or theories coming up on the the highlander remake um directed by chad stahelski of john wick fame mm-hmm. uh starring henry cavill they're supposed to start filming that next year i believe Woo. so we can see that yeah. um Finally. So, yeah chat with us about that and uh and definitely if you can leave a rating and review of the show that helps it become more discoverable to highlander fans that maybe you don't know so you can spread word of mm-hmm. mouth and you can help other people find it and, and get more awareness about not just our podcast, but Highlander, the series in general, because I do think that it is on the whole, a very fun series that not enough people yeah. un- know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't and as tell we've you, talked about, it's, it's one you underestimate being as good as it is yeah. considering the subject matter of people cutting each other's heads off. Yeah, and I, I can't tell you the number of people that I'm like, yeah, we're, I do a podcast on Highlander the series. They're like, they made a series? Like, yes, <laughs> yeah. there's five movies and a, an entire series based on Highlander. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I knew, I didn't know any of that. Well, yeah, here's how you can find out by listening to us yammer on about it every week. So, right. 
Um, but yeah, uh, we will be back next week for episode seven, Haunted. Uh, until then, remember that there can be only one Amanda. Hey, Mackie boy. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>